Hey listeners, before we get to your show, this is a blast from your past. Were you hanging around in the 90s watching Nickelodeon before you got too old for it and started smoking weed and doing drugs? Well, then you should know us. This is Danny Tamborelli and... And this is Michael C. Morona. We're here to ask you to check out our podcast, The Adventures of Danny and Michael. And here's our on-air producer, Jeremy, to tell us what you'll be hearing. You can hear things like minisodes, full episodes, nostalgia dumps, interviews with some of today's hottest comedians. That's right, Jeremy. All of those things and more. So check us out. The Adventures of Danny and Mike on the Seltzer Kings Network. Hey everyone, it's Corey from the Bradshaw Boys and welcome to our 100th episode. Uh, If you would have told us over two years ago when we started this podcast that our 100th episode would be an hour-long interview with Kristen Davis, we would not have believed you and we are so glad that that's the case. This episode is great. Kristen talks so much about what it was like being on Sex and the City and gives so many cool stories and we are are so happy that you're here listening to this. We recorded this episode pre-quarantine in our studio, so that's what you'll hear. It's when we were all together. Uh, We can't wait to get back to that and we know you can't either, but right now, wherever you're listening to this, uh, we hope you enjoy it. So thank you for listening. If you're new to the podcast, there are other great episodes we have. There's one we did a couple weeks ago with a lot of the cast of Sex in the City, uh, giving thank yous to Meg, a New York City doctor working through coronavirus. So check out that episode. It's a great one. Um, there's lots of other good ones. If you go to our Instagram, there's a link in bio with a lot of other fantastic episodes that we've done. Go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating. That helps us out so much. And also, this can be fun. Go there, give us a rating, review the podcast, and tell us who your favorite single-episode boyfriend is. The guy that licks Charlotte's face, done. Put him in there. Glenn Schneiderman, we love Glenn Schneiderman. But most of all, if you're new to the podcast, we're just happy to have you. Uh, subscribe and listen to a lot of other things and tell us what you think of the podcast. We love interacting with you on social media. Uh, All that said, thanks so much to everyone who's been here, whether it's been all 100 episodes or just one episode. We're super happy to have you and we're so happy to get to this episode. Thanks for listening to the Bradshaw Boys. This episode's fantastic and there's more great ones to come. Enjoy the episode, everyone. listening to the Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three relatively grown men binge the iconic HBO series Sex and the City. So dust off those DVDs and grab yourself a white wine or even a cosmopolitan and settle in. Take it away, boys. Welcome to the Bradshaw Boys, a podcast where three guys watch their way through sex in the city for the first time ever, mostly. Welcome to a very special episode. I'm Corey Cavan. I'm Kevin James Doyle. My name is John Sieber. My name is Katie Sieber. And we are so happy to welcome our guest. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Charlotte York herself, Kristen Davis. Hello. Oh my goodness. How are you? Thank you so much for joining us. I'm great. 
It's my pleasure. I love you guys. I'm happy to be on. We are Even glowing. Even by, by a telephone. Uh, <laughs> we would say, we said this morning, we're, we have our like little family text thread and we're like, can you just, we remember when we were, when we came up for the idea of the podcast and we're just like, mm-hmm. if you would have told us this two years ago, yeah. we wouldn't have believed it. So no this way. is like, not in a million Aww. years. Truly a but dream come true. that's a testament to what a great job you guys do. Oh, You thanks. know, we wouldn't be calling you guys if you weren't doing a great job. <laughs> oh, Seriously. Much. That's yeah. all, that's no, all the serious. affirmation I need. That's amazing. <laughs> it's been such a dream uh, doing this project and watching our way through the show for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it truly is an incredible experience that yeah. we've just had so much fun doing. I'm so glad. I mean, as I said to you earlier, I love the fact that um, at this point in the history of, of, of the mad journey that is Sex in the City, the fact that you guys found us now and our three regular regular dudes watching the show now <laughs> is, is just so fascinating that, um, you know, it's hard not to not to love it. And I, I just, you know, it's interesting to hear your thoughts and everything, and I'm fascinated by it. We could have used you back in the day, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, but it's good that you're doing it now. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, that actually kind of leads us into our first question is that when um, when we, you know, contacted you again recently and you and uh, you put us on Instagram and you were like, it's really funny. It's really thoughtful. You you said it was like a male version of every outfit on Sex and the City, which we we love them. And uh, yes. but but something we've talked about with people is what do you think that guys today could learn from watching sex in the city we've we've learned so much and you were saying Tartar. you could have mm-hmm. used people's voices like this back then what what, what mm-hmm. are you, some things that you think people could learn or guys could learn well i mean i think number one and and this is so weird to say at this point in time you would really think that you wouldn't need to say it but i think one of the big things that stands out to me especially in hindsight is that we speak very openly on the show amongst ourselves, obviously, about about women's women's pleasure. You know, women, what women mm-hmm. want, what women like, what women don't like. Um, that you know, our pleasure is important to us and should be important to everyone involved in you know a relationship or a sexual experience. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, mm-hmm. like I, I just heard some some random uh, facts the other day about porn and the very small um, uh, percentage of of porn videos that show a woman actually having an orgasm, which is so insane, right? Yes. So if you think about that and how prolific porn is in our, in our, culture at this point, which wasn't true, I don't think, when we started the show. Maybe mm. it wasn't. I didn't know it. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's important to think about, like, you, that women have a voice and women have needs and women have things that they like and don't like. And on our show, we spoke very freely about it. And I remember when we started our show, we shot the whole first season, I'm sure you know this, without anyone seeing anything, right? right? So we were kind of in a vacuum. Hmm. And I remember Sarah Jessica and I were having this conversation about like, oh no, are the feminists going to hate us? Are hmm. they going to be so upset with us? Like, what's going to happen? Like, we were so worried that Gloria Steinem was going to be mad at us <laughs> because we would occasionally see her at events. And we were really terrified, but she was not mad at us, of course. But um, we we were, we were didn't know the response, you know, because it hadn't really been done. And we didn't know if women were going to embrace it as an empowering thing or, or not, you know, so at the time it was, and then obviously now people can nitpick with whatever, you know, which I understand because obviously we were working in the culture that we were working in then. Right. But if you look at how few other things have happened since then mm. that do what we did, mm-hmm. it's stunning. It shocks me. Yeah. yeah. You know, it shocks me yeah. that it's not really prevalent in our culture to have really powerful women 
uh, and a bunch of us. Like, if you think about just, just TV shows or films where there's, like, more than one woman, still, in today, of the Me Too, you know, era, right? It's unusual. And, I mean, hopefully this is changing, but we did our show in, you know, 1998. Right, yeah. So, come on. Come on, everyone. Get with the program. <laughs> so, I just, I think that it's important to have different female voices, not always agreeing, talking about what we want, what we need, what we're looking for, um, without apology, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's funny, of course, because Charlotte is the most apologetic of the group. Yeah. <laughs> but still, it's important that, that she's there. Do you know what I'm saying? Because not all women feel super confident ab- about things. And that's also an important voice, you know? Yeah, I think when we we mentioned this a few times in, in passing with each other that we're like, it's given us like an entire vocabulary to talk. Like <laughs> even, even the way we talk to our friends that are girls now, we end up talking about, they're like, how's the podcast? And we end up in conversations with them that we would never have been in yeah. if it weren't for this show with yeah. relationships and with uh, like a female perspective that we, that we're just normally, I don't know, that's like, not what you think about until you watch this. And it's so important to so many people. And I don't know, it's, yeah. it's, it's been like such a interesting multiple year journey of all yeah. the different conversations we've had now. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm with so each glad. other, see, this is amazing. It's, it's so great. And this is, it's, it's not like we set out to, to be this, you know, thing, activism, whatever. We were just trying to tell good stories and, you know, things that we were interested in and whatever. But that's, that's kind of the point is that like, we wanted to watch our show. Do you, do you know what I mean? I remember yeah. someone asking yeah. me early on, another actor saying like, do you watch the show? And I was like, Oh, we all wait. We wait for the, this is back in the VHS days. We would get the first, you know, like preview copy on VHS. And we would like run home or we that would run is... to the makeup trailer and put it in and watch it. And he was like, Oh, I can't believe you watch your own show. And I was like, we're dying to watch it. <laughs> oh my God. That's so that cool. Is the best. That's amazing. Yeah. And also because I would watch the show if I wasn't on it, you know, that's yeah. the kind of show you want to be on. Totally. So, so when yeah. it was on, what, what was it like to have friends and family that are watching the show and you're a fan of it as well? Like, was that, was that difficult? Did, were people messaging you or calling you being like, what's going to happen next? Or like, what do you think of this? Like, what was it like being on as it was happening? all different. I mean, text messaging was not what it is now, right? Mm. If it had been, it probably would have been harder. Like, I think at one point, you know, you had to do like, you had to press the button like multiple times to get the letter you wanted. Yeah. Day, right? <laughs> yeah. You remember that? I don't SMS, know how old you guys yeah. are, but yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. you're that old. T9. Yeah. No, no, no. So, T9. <laughs> so it wasn't that easy, right, to get messaged, but you would get voicemails. And I mean, I, I remember different things, you know, different things stand out. I mean, overall, people were supportive. My mom had some stress. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, no. You tell us about um, that. Not so much about Charlotte. She was like, oh, I'm so glad you played Charlotte. But mostly about Samantha's storylines. And sure. at one point she said to me, I just, I just, I just don't like to think about your life. Is this your life? And I was like, well, you know, not really. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of exaggerated. It's not my life, but it is some other people's lives. Um, but you know, also that's my mom. So, you know, I'm not going to tell my mom everything, but um, I think, I think she knows this now, but, uh, I also remember the first season and I remember there being just kind of a, a general, um, you know, confusion about how to respond to it. And I had a neighbor at the time who 
worked in finance, an older gentleman, and mm-hmm. he decided that I needed, I don't really read reviews, and he decided that I needed to see, it was probably the Wall Street Journal or the Washington Post, I can't remember. Um, so he put this review under my door, like inside my house, right? <laughs> and it was scathing. It oh, was like, no. it was like these women and they're so unhappy. And the only one who's remotely likable is Charlotte. And he thought that's why I needed to see it, right? Oh, he didn't wow. think that I would care. And oh it was like scathing in general, which of course I was incredibly invested in the entire show, as I think all of us were, right? Yeah. So I didn't want to hear anything negative, and I was like so mad. Right. But also, it was so somewhat bothered me that people would say that about Charlotte, because even though I played her and I love her, I wanted them to love everybody. Yeah. I thought everyone's voice was important, and it it was it was such a uh, really specific viewpoint of the sexism in our culture that people would be like, Oh, well, Charlotte's the only one who's okay. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she is obviously, you know, she's focused on marriage and right. you know, she wants to have children and she's more conventional and all of those things. And I would be like, Oh, so that was a little frustrating, even though of course I loved my character and I was happy that people loved her. Yeah. I, th- I think we, we all talk a lot about Charlotte's experience and her, her character's arc. And, and it's, it is very interesting because in the beginning of the show, she thinks she knows what she wants. She thinks Mm -hmm. she wants this certain thing, this archetype of Mm -hmm. a person. And then she ends Mm -hmm. up with Trey and finds it to be, she finds out that she's unhappy and Trey doesn't fulfill the needs that she has. And then Harry comes along and, it's not something that she expects, and we're we're learning. Oh. We're just in the middle of Harry right yeah, now. We just started just right. meeting Harry, and it seems to be uh, from what fans have told us that that's who Charlotte is very happy with, and and someone that yes. she didn't expect, but fulfills her in, in all sorts of ways. And uh, like, I think that's a very powerful message. And did I you agree. did you know that that was Charlotte's journey? Was, I did. Was, I did from because the beginning. Patrick is a genius. Mm-hmm. Michael Patrick King, Mm -hmm. who I think gets credit, but I don't know. I mean, we had eight other women writers. So people talk about how only men wrote the show. Not true. We had eight other women writers who all contributed their own stories. People also think it's the actress's stories. No, it's really the writer's stories, right? Um, But Michael would map out the the arcs and the the storylines. And we, we were really, really involved, which was so amazing. Like he would have a lunch with each one of us. I mean, I'm speaking for myself. I think this was happening with everybody. Sarah would already know probably cause she was, you know, producing as well. Mm-hmm. But even though we, the rest of us weren't technically producing, he would sit down with us and he would say, this is what I see happening, you know, and he would tell you like different kind of beats or like the important parts of it all. Right. Okay. So when we met Trey, he, he was also open to change, which was what made him super genius. So mm-hmm. he'd have a plan but then things might change based on what was actually happening, you know, on the screen or whatever, right? So, for instance, I'm sure you've you've probably heard this. When Kyle came, he was only supposed to do, I want to say, four episodes. I'm not sure what it was. It was Whoa. a short number. Wow. And he was based on somebody that we knew. And and nobody likes this particular boyfriend. Okay. <laughs> and we would all roll our eyes when the boyfriend came, and we would be like, "Who's going to talk to him?" Do you know what I mean? That's who Trey was supposed to be. But he was played by Kyle, the most you know charismatic uh, guy in the world. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, I could not could not contain my, you know. Uh, I don't know how to describe it, sparkles or whatever. Right. Do you know what I mean? And he was so amazing, and none of us wanted to part with him. So Michael shifted gears and, Hmm. and, you know, 
I think that was a brilliant thing to do. Absolutely. The second time that Michael shifted gears, but he always did know that it wasn't going to work out. It was just a matter of how mm. long it was going to play out and what version of not working out it would be. I think Michael always knew that it would be what it ended up being. But then they were like, we decided to put the baby in. And the reason that we put the baby in, the flat baby and everything, and the baby not working out is yeah. because originally he was going to have both Miranda and Charlotte be pregnant at the same time and then compare and contrast their pregnancies and their mothering styles, right? Hmm. Which would have been very fascinating, of course, because we're kind of opposites, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was super excited about this. So excited because, of course, Charlotte (laughs) wanted a baby, right? So I wanted Charlotte to get what Charlotte wanted. Then Michael came to me and he was like, I can't do it. I was like, what? And he was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's exhausting trying to write these baby storylines. And I was like, what do you you mean? And he goes, I just don't have enough baby storylines to write two entire baby storylines. And I was like, oh, no. And he said, you know, there's so many women who struggle with not being able to have a baby. That I, I, I feel like that should be Charlotte. Because the whole goal of Charlotte in general, the overall, was that she would be the kind of, you know, focused on perfection right. type of a girl who mm-hmm. then doesn't get what she wants. You know what I'm trying yes. to say? Yeah. Who, who doesn't obtain the level of perfection that she is shooting for. Right. Um, which is very relatable, I think. I mean, I certainly relate to that. I think a lot of women relate to that and probably yeah. men, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. It did make sense from that perspective, but I was so sad and bummed out for her. Oh, oh yeah. I was so sad. I do think I fought. I fought Michael a little bit. I was like, come on. Yeah. He's like, no. So then everything unfolded a little differently in that, you know, when Harry came, I think he did already always have kind of the um, – opposites you know in mind in terms of trey and harry Mm. because he would always plan ahead michael like lived all of our characters do you know what i mean like he would he would like dream and fantasize about each one and he was like so inside each one it was very very amazing to watch but then another little side note i'm going to tell you and i I don't know this for sure but i'm pretty sure this is this (laughs) what what i believe harry is based on michael's husband craig and Michael doesn't, Craig oh. doesn't have back hair, I don't think, or anything like that. <laughs> like, when <laughs> Michael, when Michael met him, Craig is like the most beloved of anyone's boyfriends ever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's the, a mensch in every way. And everybody loves him forever. The second that he, that he met Michael and ever came around, we were like, oh, please keep him. Yeah, yeah. So Harry is basically based on him, in, oh, in wow. my mind, at least. And that's we great. do still love Craig, and they're still together, and it's wonderful. Oh, that's so, fantastic. This is just a, yeah. this is a quick yes or no question that we talked okay. about last. Good luck. Good last luck. Time. I have total yes or no, but go ahead. Which, <laughs> which is, uh, is, is the back hair... Is Harry's back hair real or fake? We talked about it for like twenty minutes it's on the fake. podcast. It's fake. Right, that's what we thought. That's what we figured because I was like, I was like, it whether it's real or fake, um, it's a choice. And yeah, so, yeah. It, yeah. it's like, absolutely a choice. But you know why it's fake? Another little, you know, personal, personal yeah. thing. Yeah. You know about Evan's history in life? No. Uh, he had oh. he had cancer, right? He was yes. he was a cancer oh, survivor. Yeah, 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 yeah I read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes. Wow. So he yes, yeah, he yeah. can't 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 grow the back hair. Yeah. So. uh he would have. I think he was game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, it wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to happen. So oh, we had to put some fake back hair on there. Yeah, and I remember there being a big debate about how much was too much. 
You know okay. what I'm saying? Oh, that's so funny. Because it's kind of like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like right on the edge of like a werewolf. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they did it. Yeah. They they definitely went, like leaned into it in that way. But that's, they yeah, did. that's a weird thought. They yes. did. They did. It was a comedy, you yeah. know. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> hey, Kristen, so I have a question. Do you have any audition stories you can share? Sure. And like, do I got you, a good audition story. Okay, yeah. great. And, go, and going into it, you know, how much did you know going into this process? Like going into the show, did you know it was going to be a big show? Did you know anyone else involved? Oh, you know this. You yeah, know we do know, know that. We do know that. Yeah. Okay. But we don't know your personal experience of it, I guess. Okay. Yeah. You ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're ready. Yeah. Okay, great. So I had done Miller's Place and then I was just floundering around trying to figure out what to do with myself. And then <laughs> I was a huge Larry Sanders fan, which was really like the, the biggest hit that oh my gosh. HBO had. The Love best show. And I got to, exactly. I got to be a guest star on that show, which was one of the greatest experiences ever. And so I kind of knew HBO was, was thinking about doing other things. And I had met Chris Albrecht, I believe, like briefly. But I didn't really know them. You know, I didn't really know what they wanted. And their main thing they had was like the fighting. They had the fights, you know, the yeah, whatever. The fight. Yeah. The guy. Yeah, the guy stuff. So... Um, I knew Darren Starr from Melrose, mm-hmm. and Darren, I knew that Darren had made a deal to go over to HBO because he wanted to do different slash better stuff, I guess. That, that's me putting words in his mouth, but <laughs> whatever. So they sent me the script for Sex and the City. I'd never heard of it. I'd never heard of Candace. I, did, I don't know the society side of New York so much. I had lived in New York as a poor actress waitress, but I didn't really know about that kind of stuff. Right. And they sent it to me to read Carrie. He sent me a note that said, please read Carrie. Whoa. So I read Carrie and Carrie was described in that script as the body of Heather Locklear and the brain of Dorothy Parker. And I was like, wow, that's a great character, but I can't play that character. I was <laughs> like, what, what? So they also had her smoking and swearing and much more, uh, I hope I don't offend anyone like Candace, than like how Sarah Jessica ended up playing her, right? Yeah, like sure, in the yeah. original script. So it was bold. It was very bold. And I was like, I could never pull this off. I, I could never. So I believe I called Darren. And I was like, Darren, I, 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 I love that you sent me the script. I want to be in this show. I mean, the idea of walking around Manhattan, you know, acting is like amazing. Mm-hmm. And I would watch the show, but I can't play Carrie. I want to play Charlotte. Mm. Charlotte is my part. And he was like, oh, you know, I think he thought that was a little strange. But I was like, sure, it's my part. And he was like, okay, all right, I'll, I'll go I'll go tell everybody. And I was like, okay. So that didn't mean I didn't have to audition. But I think I had to only test. I only really remember the test. Okay. And the test was really fun because Willie was there, Willie Garson, who I already knew, mm-hmm. who I had met on the X-Files. Okay. Oh my I'm gosh. not going to get into why I was there, but <laughs> I was around the X-Files, okay? And I had met him there, and I, everyone in, in the business knows Willie and loves Willie. So I already knew Willie. Willie was there. And... Um, Another actress I know, who I'm also not going to name, was there for Charlotte, and she was wearing polka dots. And I remember very being very irritated because I was like, "That is perfect. Oh, that, no. is perfect <laughs> that she's wearing polka dots, right?" Wow. So I was like, "Oh gosh, what are we going to do?" But I still felt in my gut that Charlotte was my part and that mm. I was going to get it. This is how I felt. So we're at the HBO offices. This is back in the days of the fax machine, where you would have this huge contract because they would negotiate seven years for you. You had no choice. They would negotiate seven years oh and you had gosh. like a book, like a small book that you had to sign before you would test because God forbid you tested and they wanted you and you hadn't signed the contract, you could then get more money, right? Yeah, yeah. So their fax machine broke. 
So they came out and they were like, we're so sorry, but you can't go in until your contract is printed out by the fax machine and it's broken right now. So we ended up sitting there for something like four hours. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. That is wild. So whoever's contract got printed out, they'd bring it out and they'd get to go in, right? And the rest of us would have to sit there. Oh so me God. and Willie just talked and talked. And first I was really, really nervous and then I wasn't. And then I would get nervous again and then I wouldn't be and then I would be. And then, you know, it was like very long. Then eventually I got to go in and it was only... The only people I remember, I think this is the only people who were there, were Darren, Carolyn Strauss, and Chris Albrecht. And Chris was wearing riding boots and an entire riding outfit because he was going to leave and go ride. We got done. So I go in, I do my Charlotte part, and I don't know if you remember the pilot, but she doesn't have a lot to do in the pilot, right? And it was like that bad date, you know, whatever, obviously. (laughs) The whole first two years were bad dates. So it was was a bad date, and uh, I do it. And Chris stands up in his riding boots and he's like, you know, okay, could you do it again? And, you know, really hit the jokes. And I was like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) And I'm thinking to myself, there are no jokes in here, but okay, I'll try, you know, because this is what you do, right? Because it wasn't. It wasn't very joke-oriented, really, until Michael Patrick arrived during the first season. So I tried again, you know, and I thought, gosh, I don't know. I'm going to try. And also, in my mind, Charlotte was the smallest of the characters, meaning, like, style. You know what I'm saying? Not not in terms of, like, material. Um, Though, at the time, it was also material. So anyway, I go back outside, and this is – I don't know if they still do this, but back then, they would keep you there waiting for their thoughts or notes and then if you got to go home that probably was a bad thing right so different people were going home and they kept me there darren comes out i know him well right and he's nervous he's really nervous and he starts waving his arms around he's like you gotta do it bigger you gotta do it bigger (laughs) he's waving his hands like big 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 and i'm like really because i just don't see her as like big like yeah really big you know and he's like yeah just bigger bigger louder faster funnier i was like okay i guess i don't know so i go back in i try to do it you know louder faster bigger funnier and then i'm like oh gosh I don't, I don't know if i'm gonna get this part i thought this part was mine but maybe some maybe the girl in the book is gonna get the part i have no <laughs> idea so at that time you had like a two-week wait um to find out right a hold yeah so Literally, they waited until possibly like 4 p.m. of the last day. I remember literally going to the movies at like 10 o'clock because I couldn't. I was just like out of my mind. Do you know what I mean? And everyone would call and they'd be like, they don't know. They don't know. And I'd be like, oh, my God. So it was very stressful. And then finally I got it. But then even better, when I got to the set, they were like, we might want Charlotte to just be recurring. Oh like, my gosh. What? I know. And and they would bring new paperwork to my door. And sometimes I would just ignore their knocking. And so <laughs> sometimes I would take the new paperwork and I would call my lawyer and I would be like, they brought me new paperwork. And he'd be like, don't sign it. Oh my gosh. I know. He's going to kill me when he hears me say this. Um, oh and I'd be gosh. like, are you sure? I feel really guilty. They keep bothering me. And he was like, just don't sign it. Just don't sign it. I was like, okay. So then they'd be like, did you sign the paperwork? And he'd be like, I left it at home. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> this went on for the whole time that we shot the pilot. Because I was also just very irritated. I was like very irritated. Like, how dare you diss Charlotte and yeah. her voice? Yeah. You guys need her. 
Well, you, Don't even mess with me. You know yeah. what I mean? You need her voice. Well, I, and rightly made, so, because later they were like, oh, yes, we do need your voice. We're sorry. Yeah, you made such the right decision. Like that, I cannot imagine that show without Charlotte. No. Like, as a re- Thank recurring, you. She's such an important part of that show. It's and it's so a, important. Thank it's you. It's a testament Thank to you. what you were saying about, um, about Kyle McLaughlin, that it's like, you come on, it's like, okay, Charlotte b- can be recurring. And then once you inhabit her, it's like, oh, wow, we need this. Yeah. Like, right. Um, and I, I think that's, I, lo- I love hearing that stuff because you hear that uh, how the world would be different if like <clears throat> Sean Connery <laughs> played Neo in The Matrix yeah. and stuff <laughs> right. like that. You're like, it's, oh my God. it's so totally, interesting. Totally. Yeah. And, um, totally. But then the other, the other part that I didn't answer, and I mean, I talk a lot, so I apologize. No, we love it. And you, and you like, um, the other part is that in terms of like like how the world responded, I mean, we never, ever, ever, ever in our wildest dreams thought that it would be what it was, ever. Like, we used to make jokes at the beginning. There used to be this thing called the Cable Ace Awards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we were like, maybe we could win a Cable Ace Award. Oh my God. That was like oh my. our big dream. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That was like as high as we could think. That was the highest of the heights. So we never, 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 never in our wildest imagination thought it would be what it was and what it still is really, you know? Especially because you were a working actress, you were, you were on so many things, Melrose played, you did all the stuff. And then still then to be on this like juggernaut after, I feel like it's like, you can never anticipate that. It's like, never. I mean, I don't think anyone ever anticipates a juggernaut because you can never control when it happens. You know, right. people are always in our business thinking that they're making a juggernaut and then it's not. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But then I think also the thing about chemistry, because we didn't read together. And I had met Kim once in Canada. I had never met Cynthia and I had never met Sarah Jessica. And you don't know what's going to happen when we all get together. And then we have this chemistry and yeah. you can't really control that you know what i'm saying um it's just a a magic and then i think also kind of the chemistry that our writers all had together and the way that they were able to make a good show for a lot of seasons which is tough so tough to do yeah and then the movies you know to have michael patrick and have his i mean he 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 does not play you know what i'm saying michael patrick is like 100 million percent in and i think that's really what you need to make a good show yeah but you guys do yeah. have such amazing chemistry, and that's crazy to me that you guys did not all test together. Mm-hmm. I know. Oh, because the friendships, I mean, that to me is was the biggest part of the show. Like, I, that show was such a big part of my formative years for me, and I think uh-huh. I can speak uh-huh. for a lot of women and, and men when I say that. And I feel like the biggest takeaway I had from that whole show was the friendships. And I still just, yeah. I think so many women watched that show and learned it's okay to be single and it's okay to live the life that you want and you just have to have good wonderful friends and oh gosh we're just all the women that loved that show we're just all thankful for that oh i just it's just so fun and i do have to i mean obviously i feel the same way oh i love that 100 (laughs) percent. well i do have to ask you know i'm an actor myself and I am wondering if there are any plans in the works for some sort of Sex in the City musical or play on Broadway. <laughs> oh, I would just. Did you hear my my little fantasy? Did you hear my fantasy? No, what no. Fantasy? Out there? Oh yes, that we that we be a musical. That was, that's my little that's my little dream. It, there's no basis in reality for it at this point, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, but, but now um... it's my fantasy too. <laughs> totally, wouldn't it be good? Oh, I would love it. So good. Good. I would be there. Listen, there. I know. 
right? Th- there's no no basis in reality besides a massive demand and a perfect <laughs> plot line. Like that's well, right. um, there are so many people that would come to that. I don't know. I, I think know. it should happen. I feel the same way. I feel like it would be so perfect. Yeah, it would be so perfect. Uh, I know. In New the York. Problem- in New York on Broadway, it would be, it's the perfect, uh, it's the perfect setting. Yeah. 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 You could go on a tour and then you could see the show. Uh, A whole day of sex in the city. Oh my gosh. I know it. I I would know it. You could eat at the restaurants, all the restaurants we filmed at. Yeah. Then you could go see the show. I know it would be amazing. I mean, right now we're just in this weird, we're in this weird place. I, I, I can't really describe it, but we're in a weird place where, you know, um, we're somewhat, um, stymied in, um, planning, and uh, I'm not going to say it's not difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, I, I, like I watch everybody else with their different reboots and this and that. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, know, the fans feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, look, luckily I can just, you know, try to have my little fantasies and, uh, you know, see people uh, socially. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah. No. yeah. And well, also, I mean, we all have a lot of other things going on and this is great and really for me at least the reason is the show so yeah. i'm super thankful for all the fans and the fan love and you know hopefully someday we can do something else and i feel like the fans deserve that and i certainly want to participate in that yeah. but on the other hand just having the love all the time is really wonderful well um i wanted to ask you because we are such fans of the show but we're also like we came at this having not seen anything and we look at every person who's on the show we love all of your careers and we've followed many things and i thought it was so interesting we did an episode where we watched holiday in the wild and um we talked about it and we're uh and it it was from following you on twitter and seeing all of the stuff you've done with the sheldrick trust and with um and i guess what was your initial um kind of entrance into working with elephants and then the documentary you did gardeners of eden which we're going to do a special mm-hmm. episode watching yep. that um, no way yeah you guys are the best yeah Thank you. oh my gosh i'm very very excited oh you have no idea okay so basically this is this is what uh being on a successful show can do for you it mm-hmm. basically just opens doors around the world which mm-hmm. is an amazing thing and i don't think that everyone necessarily takes advantage of that but for me i always always wanted to travel i always wanted to go to africa i always have loved elephants right so i it wasn't if no particular specific elephant doors were open for me but just doors in terms of activism were open for me and i i i grew up with kind of activist parents and political parents and um that seemed something at, there was a certain point where the fame element, the success element was difficult, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in terms of like, just like for a relatively shy person, which is what I consider myself to be inside. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just hard on a daily basis. And I yeah. thought, you know what? I have to find some good way to, to channel this or it just kind of seems like for nothing in a weird way. I mean, not for nothing, but like, and I don't mean the fans. I mean, just like the notoriety. You know yeah, what I'm sure. saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just not being able to walk out your door and just be free, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought I need to have something that I'm that I'm speaking up for or, or working towards or helping people with to make me feel useful in this in this level of of uh you know recognition or whatever so i was working with a group in kenya um that is called the maasai wilderness conservation trust 
They're very cool, very interesting. When I first went to Africa in 2001, that was my first trip, I had a little break in between like Christmas and the Golden Globes, which are in January, it used to be in January. And I was like, I'm going to go. And I called all my friends to go with me and everybody either had children or jobs or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I went by myself, which is, you know, a weird thing to do, but that's what I did. And I said to the travel company I was with, I said, I want to do ecotourism, but in ecotourism in 2001, there wasn't a lot happening. Hmm. But these people, the Maasai Wilderness Conservation Trust, were on the forefront. And they are a group that work with the Maasai in a cooperative manner. So it's the Maasai's land. And this kind of crazy Italian guy went and said to them, you know, you guys need to stop killing lions. Let's make a program to stop stop killing lions because the Maasai traditionally, uh, that's a, a, a rite of passage for them to kill a lion. But there's mm-hmm. not very many lions left. Right. So he was really great this guy, Luca. And I was with them. I had gone back again with my friend, Amy. It was 2008 or nine. I'm not quite sure which. There was a drought in Kenya Mm -hmm. and a Maasai elder came running out. We were going, we were driving around in the, in the conservation trust vehicle. Right. And he came running out saying a baby elephant has, has been coming to the little Maasai village at dusk every night for two nights. Mm -hmm. And everybody knows uh, who knows elephants that baby elephants should not be alone. Mm-hmm. So he was worried for this baby elephant and he didn't know where her family was and she would run away in fear every night. So we ended up just, that was our mission. Our entire trip was about that now. And everyone in Kenya also knows that if you do happen to find a baby elephant, that you need to get it to the Sheldricks because they are the only people. Daphne Sheldrick is the first person to figure out how to raise a baby elephant without its mother, an orphan baby elephant, and then reintroduce it back into the wild. Teach it the things you need to teach it, and then reintroduce it back to live a successful life in the wild. She single-handedly figured that out without a degree, without any help from anybody. She figured it out just from her own commitment and passion. Wow. So very luckily, I happened to be in the right place at the right time to help with a baby elephant rescue. Her name is Chaimu. She's now living back in the wild in Kenya, which is super (laughs) exciting. Um, I know she's, she's a big girl now, but back then she was a tiny little emaciated baby. And we did, we got, we got her to the Sheldricks. Um, we didn't get to meet Daphne and her daughter, Angela, at the time we went on a Sunday when we went back to visit her mm. on our way out of town. Cause then the nurseries in Nairobi. So anyone who's going anywhere near Kenya, you can go see these baby elephants very easily, just so you know. Yeah. Um, so then I, I then started just like really bothering Angela Sheldrick with emails <laughs> a lot. Now, Angela at the time loved the show, but she didn't know that I was me because I didn't tell anybody, obviously, that I was me. And my email has a different name on it just because I'm paranoid. Yeah. So we developed a relationship over a year where I was like sending extra money because Chimey was blind in one eye and she had an infection and nah, nah, nah. and all. I was just obsessed like how she do it. Blah, blah, blah. And then I went back to see her. She still didn't didn't put it all together because obviously <laughs> I looked very different than, mm-hmm. you know, dressed up in the heels and all. And then finally, finally, I kept asking them if I could help and they kept saying no. And I was like, wow, I have never had a charity be so difficult. Yeah. Like, what is wrong? Why don't they let me help them? It was so frustrating, right? Um, but really kind of also fascinating that they that they they were kind of like, you know, we're on our own. We've had so many Hollywood people come through here and they never really follow right. through. 
right? Yeah. So still, they didn't know who I was, but they still, that was their general attitude. And they were, they were very much trailblazers and they were very much women who were in a boys, boys world of conservation mm. where, you know, everyone thought that they couldn't do what they could do. And so they had to prove themselves and they were very tough. So eventually a board member tells Angela Sheldrick that I am who I am. And she's like, Oh, I love that show. <laughs> <laughs> so then finally, this is maybe like two years later, a year later, finally they let me help. And then I kept going and visiting. So I wanted to see Chimu and I wanted to see all the older, bigger elephants. And I was, you know, obviously feel fully obsessed. And then Daphne very sweetly, she was very, very old world. She asked me if I would be the official patron of the David Sheldrick Wildlife Trust, as it was called then. And I was like, of course. Uh, right. no, I've been trying to do this for patron. two years. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I was like, I've been begging for two years to do something. <laughs> yes, give me a title. So then my, my main goal was to try to find ways to help them that were kind of different, right? So I hired these two young whippersnappers, Austin and Annalise, to go down and film like a short video that we could put on social media because people didn't really – People didn't know about the poaching crisis for a long time. Mm -hmm. My publicist and I would try to get press, and they would be like, well, we'll put a picture of you and a baby elephant, but we really don't want to talk about the poaching crisis. And we were just like, ah, yeah. you know, so frustrated. <laughs> but really luckily now people are aware, and, yeah. and the poaching crisis is getting much, much better than it was. And, you know, at least people know. So my general since then has, you know, general plan has been to try to be creative about how mm. to tell stories around conservation and, and elephant conservation in particular, um, which is how uh, Holiday in the Wild came about. And wow. I'm just, you know, so happy that it actually worked. We it, loved it. We we had such a fun time watching it. Yeah. And, <laughs> Thank you. And I didn't know you guys watched it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And the just so everybody knows, Gardeners of Eden, the documentary that Kristen Davis, executive produced, uh, and has, paid for. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! Yeah, it's yeah. it has incredible. Because, see, they don't have any marketing or advertising money or anything, and I didn't want any money to go away from the elephant. Yeah, you know what I mean? right. So I just paid for it all. That's well, amazing. That's incredible. It has incredible Thank reviews you. on iTunes and on Rotten Tomatoes, and uh, and it's on Netflix right now. So everyone should go watch that. Yes. Yeah. And Thank I, you. I would like to ask you in the world of elephants. This is just a top three list. Uh, from three to one, we wanted okay. to ask you your uh, top three rank these elephants. We have Babar, Horton uh, from Horton Hears a Who, and Dumbo. Uh -huh. Can you give us your top? <laughs> oh, your no, top you three. You guys are missing the best one. You're missing the patchwork. What's his name? There, you you need to investigate this patchwork elephant book series, which which would be number one. And I can't remember his name right okay. now because I I wasn't thinking of this. Okay. Um, Babar has some racial elements that I do not support. <laughs> okay. Bottom of the list. Babar. Number three. Number three. Yeah. I did love Babar as a child, but now that I have a little more sense, I'm like, ooh. Okay. Um, so that's, that's a bit of a problem. Okay. Um, I like Horton. I think Horton's going to be number one. Okay. And, okay. And, and Dumbo. See, Dumbo also has some problems. I haven't seen the, the latest Dumbo, but Dumbo, it's you know. Very sad. Dumbo has some problems in terms of the zoo and everything. Yeah. And the yeah. circus or whatever. I don't, I, it's like it's got some problems. Okay. So so you're number one. That's That's great. You went off the list and you went with Elmer the Patchwork Elephant. Yes. Elmer. Elmer. Good All job. Right. Okay. Elmer's number one. I just looked this up. Wow, this is amazing. He's awesome. Elmer is it's a whole series of books. It's so Final good. Question. My daughter loves Elmer. And okay. it loves, says loves, here loves. he has a cheerful and optimistic personality similar to one Charlotte York. That's there right. You go. <laughs> Well, Good one. well, th yeah, thank you so much for talking a little bit about that. 
uh, just the well, other work you you've asking. done because because it is it's inspiring for us as entertainers, performers. We write our own stuff to know. Mm-hmm. I love that you're such a good sport about Sex in the City, but all of your careers are so much more. And um, and you. yeah, it's amazing that you're using uh, your platform for such such an awesome thing. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank well, you. I feel very lucky to have a platform. Yeah. You yeah. know. Well, we're glad to yeah. we're glad to learn more about it and and thank glad to let people know about it. Well, we had a few. You guys are the best. Uh, well, thank <laughs> you. Um, we had a few other Sex and the City questions we wanted to ask Go you about things. You talked a lot about Michael Patrick and just how great of a writer he was. And like we had talked about, one thing we love about Charlotte's storyline is that Charlotte, you know, looks very buttoned up. But we've talked about how she's had one of the most diverse dating histories. She yeah. dated a I lot know. of very interesting characters. So we were going to ask you, you know, she dated the guy who l- licked her face licked a lot. Face she yeah, dated, I did not like that. Yeah, she, did, yeah. Like that. she dated the I guy who, like that. yeah, and the guy who came into her apartment and just said, wow, over and over. <laughs> she dated Shmuel. Him. She dated Shmuel, the uh, the or the Hasidic Jew. Jewish. Oh, yeah, I like that. I like that. That was cool. Do I like you, that one. And by the way, have you followed his career since? He's on. He's quite fascinating. So good. He's on. He's in Barry, and he's on yeah. True Detective. He's so which I guess two HBO shows, but yeah, in, yeah, yeah. He's amazing. No, he, you knew. I knew at the time he was amazing. We you we, could tell. Yeah, we we talk about Shmuel way too much on this podcast. <laughs> Every, all our listeners are like, why? But but we love him. But yeah, go do, ahead, do you do you have a favorite out of all the other? I guess not counting Trey or Harry. Do you have a favorite Charlotte story sideline of a guy she dated? Very tough question. A favorite. I can tell you my least favorite. Okay. Yeah. We'll take that. Really bad, but I can tell you my least favorite. And it's not really necessarily based on the actors. It's based on. Well, wait. I have one story. Ooh, I just remembered this. Oh wow. (laughs) It must have been. (laughs) It must have been first season. I can't remember. I only remember this one scene. And if I tell you, you're probably going to know. And I'm just going to apologize to the actor. I don't know what his name is, but the show hadn't been on, right? And. People didn't really understand the show when they would come on it. And I think for men, actors, it was a little bit hard because they were basically playing the girlfriend parts, right? Yeah. They right, didn't yeah. know how to behave and how to do it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. all of us would just be like, oh, brother, you know, we all know how, how you're supposed to behave. You know what I mean? But they didn't really, you know, know because they had never had to play the girlfriend. Yeah. So this was one of those situations. I'm at a bar. Charlotte's at a bar. And... I think this was in the early, you know, optimistic looking for a husband type days, but also dating a lot. Mm -hmm. And this guy was supposed to come up to me and say something like, you're incredibly hot. Possibly, I want to fuck you. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But definitely the incredibly hot part, right? And then I'm supposed to be like, oh, oh my God, right? (laughs) And then I think we do go home. I can't remember. But he turned to the director, who is a woman, and he goes, I can't say this. And she was like, what do you mean? And he goes, and I'm sitting right there, right? He goes, I can't look at her and say she's incredibly hot. And I was just like, what? I know. I was just like, I was just like, do not speak. Do not speak. I was really offended. Right. But I was like, I'm just going to sit here. I'm just going to sit here. I'm a professional actor. I'm just going to be calm. And she was like, well, we really need you to say that. Because the other thing is that Michael Patrick wrote very, very specifically. Right. Like he did not want anybody ad-libbing. He did not want you to change a word or a syllable. And people did not expect that. So the director, and I can't remember who it was exactly, but it was one of the women said, you know, you do, you just need to say it, just say it. You don't have to like, 
invest it with, you know, whatever, just say it, you know, just look at her and say it, flirt with her. And he was like, all right. And I was like, ew. So then I didn't like him anymore, obviously. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how are you, how are you going to keep working as an actor if you can't say the line? Well, right, that's I know, your job. but also, like, actors just didn't, they just felt, like, weird. Like, they just didn't mm. know how to be, like, Not you e- know, like, well, we're the, we're the eye candy or whatever, and we've got to flirt with them. They just didn't know how to do it. It was so interesting. Yeah. Watch. We had another actor come on who was a kind of a, uh, a working actor. I also don't want to say his name. He's a very nice person. And it was a scene with Cynthia, Sarah Jessica, and I where we run into him. And we're in the trailer, you know, we had to get there before the guys, of course. And we're in the trailer running our lines, which we always did. And he comes in and he was like, oh, my God, these lines. And we were like, what do you mean? And he was like, I mean, gosh, really, do I have to stick to this script? And we were like, yes, you do. <laughs> oh, my God. We're running wow. the lines. Yeah. I was, we were like, do you want to run the lines with us? And he's like, oh, God, no, I just want to kind of add it. We were like, don't do it. Don't do yeah. it. Michael Patrick won't like it. And he was like, Really? And we were like, yes. And then we were really mean to him for the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and we had to have a little chat where we were like, we have to be nicer to these guys because then they have trouble functioning when we're really mean to them because oh they don't gosh. really understand uh, why the- we're being mean to them. But at that point, we really loved our show. And we also knew how Michael Patrick felt about right. his writing. Yeah. And we we needed respect, but it was kind of hard to get. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. So those are two thoughts that I have. Wow. I also remember the fig eating guy. That was super stressful. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes, I that know. guy. I thought oh, I was that was die. I can see it now. I think one of my favorites. Yeah, I thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to like fall through the floor. That yeah. was the character. That was the the Mr. Pussy character, correct? Yeah. 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 yeah that yeah. was yeah, yeah. Really there was a visceral response really from everyone rough. on that yeah. one. Yeah. Ugh. I I, yeah. I like I appreciated the one where Charlotte dressed up like uh, um a, she dressed up like a man for and the for the artist. And I, I like that, that one too. That's I thought a really that was good, like right? a really progressive good. Yeah, good and that was with Donovan Leach. I love him. Yeah. yeah, yes, that was great. He made it so much better. He was really cool. He was awesome. We love. That I know one. it's kind of odd to think about. Like I got to kind of take weird risks and do some strange things. You yeah, know? it's I, cool. I think for the, the time. This, you know? Yeah, the stereotype of Charlotte is she's so buttoned up, she's so this. But we, one of our big things we've ended up talking about tons is how she really is a much more like broader, diverse character of different experiences she's, yeah. she's had than just um, just the buttoned up version of like. I know. Uh, I know. I agree 100%. Yeah. And I, I always loved her. I mean, the only thing I didn't like, the hardest thing for me, just character-wise, I knew that she was all obsessed with marriage and everything. But do you remember that time where I had a book and I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to apply business rules yes. to yes. finding a husband. Yeah. And I have like a very long speech about it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Because they didn't ever want me to underplay that, right? Like I had to really like, like – like, you know, be like strident, like really, whew, and I couldn't remember the lines, you know, when you're an actor and you can't remember the lines because they're weird to you, you yeah, know, right, yeah. you don't feel natural. It was one of those. It was one of those. Yeah. Cause I was just like, this so not me. Obviously I'm, I'm, I'm not married. So, you know, I it was like, whew, it was hard. Well, I understood that that needed to happen, but it was just hard to execute, you know? Yeah. I guess this is the most common question we've experienced has been like, so what do you guys like? Are you a Charlotte? Are you a Carrie? And that yes. is, that has now become 
Like it's a thing. It's it's just a it's a cultural question now that even if someone that didn't watch the show, I think could still answer totally, the question. Yeah. And so yeah, thanks to BuzzFeed. Yeah, thanks to BuzzFeed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, I guess we have a question that is like, what? Um, Kristen Davis, not Charlotte York. Um, mm-hmm. Now you're you're kind of tied to that character in a way. But what ways do you most connect to Charlotte? Are you most similar? And then which which ways are you absolutely not? I feel like you got into that a little bit just now. But um, what yeah. would those? I'm like her. I'm also not. And then who who would you be as Kristen Davis? Would you be like I'm actually more sure, Miranda? Sure. Yeah, sure, sure. You're not the first person to ask me this question. It might, oh. might surprise you. My goodness. <laughs> in the beginning, when people would ask me this, I was very clear on it, right? Like I would have a list of me and then a list of her, right? Mm-hmm. And then as time went on, it got all confused in my head. Do you know what I mean? Because I played her for so long. And now, because we've had a little break for a little while, and obviously I have my life, my life has developed, you know, since 1998, thank goodness. Yeah. I can, I can kind of, like there's some things, like um, characteristics, like I am definitely cheerleading kind of you know i'm a cheerleader like as a friend do you yeah. know what I mean? yeah. that part was really easy for me i am pretty optimistic though i would say that i'm less optimistic than i was in 1998 do you mm-hmm. know what i mean yeah. yeah um because you know it's hard to stay that optimistic um i also am responsible now for two children which i did adopt which is obviously a similarity mm-hmm. and so sometimes as mommy you you have you know so much responsibility that it's hard to be like you know just like rose-colored glasses all the time like you have to be you know responsible for right. the the livelihood and whatever, like the health and, you know, happiness of the children. Um, and I feel like Charlotte also, if you were to check in with her right now, would probably say the same thing. Right. Yeah. As a mother, it you know, brings you down to earth a little bit, Mm -hmm. less, less in the clouds. Um, I mean, for me, the the biggest difference back then and still now is that I was never, ever, ever focused on getting married. Mm -hmm. Still obviously not focused on getting married. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think I ever looked to a man or relationship to make me happy. Mm -hmm. Um, And in that way, hi, baby. In that way, I'm, I'm, well, I mean, what I used to say is that I'm kind of like Carrie, but now I think about it, I'm like, oh, maybe that's not, maybe that's not accurate. Yeah. You guys haven't finished the show yet, right? But I mean, I know you know what happens in Broadway. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, I'm kind of, you know, I definitely, I, I relate to some of Carrie's um, more bohemian kind of aspects sure, or whatever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's hard to say, like, which character. I mean, I'm definitely not, you would not really think, like, oh, she's a Miranda. I don't think you would think that. Right. But I think you'd think of, like, some combination of Carrie and Charlotte. Yeah. Okay. And I think I think that's what we've come to realize is that there's, there's a little bit of those characters in all of us. We're all kind of a synthesis totally. of all yes. of them. Um, well, I, I do have one final question. You you mentioned okay. earlier that HBO was originally for fights and for for boxing. Um, I need to know if you, uh, who do you think would win in a boxing match, um, Charlotte uh, York or Bunny McDougal? Uh, <laughs> Bunny would definitely win. But did you hear about that crazy um, thing on uh, MTV or whatever? You used to have that celebrity, celebrity death, death match. match. It was oh, animated. Yeah. I forgot about that. Charlotte won. Wait, they, did, they, did look it up. They did it's what? so crazy. They, they did, did one Charlotte first bunny. They did uh, say it again. They, no, they, it was Charlotte with all all the other. It was all four oh, ladies. Holy, we have to watch that. We have to find that. Oh yeah. my gosh. 
That is amazing. I was so floored when they showed it. I was like, oh! Like, I was kind of like, I was like, I was like scared they were going to be mad at me. Do you know what I mean? I was yeah, like, yeah, are yeah. they going to be really mad about this? Like, I'm not supposed to win. That's cool. Oh, <laughs> it, that is, really, it was really funny. We're I had a very Charlotte reaction. As soon yeah, as, as we hang up here. That's so funny. I also, we... Oh, thank you. We always, um, we, uh, sometimes we get... Uh, we overlook the fashion and we get uh we're trying to help with that are there one yeah, or two will you just just call every outfit a SATC I know they can yeah, help they, 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 <laughs> yeah we're our next episode is coming out is with them and they helped us so much yeah. like cover that ground do you have a fa- do you have a favorite one or two outfits that are just like that is that's the best thing I've ever worn absolutely absolutely I mean look I have like probably 30 but mm-hmm. off the top of my head do you remember when I met Trey, I'm wearing a Prada lipstick skirt. I mean, you're guys. Mm-hmm. I really don't know how much you care <laughs> I about I remember this, but... that. Yeah. We remember okay, that so scene. That was me. That was me, Kristen, looking through a magazine because I'm a Prada-holic and everybody knows this about me. And I, um, I mean, not everyone, everyone who cares. Um, <laughs> and I saw, I saw the ad for, with the lipstick and I was like, Pat, I have to have this. I have to have this. I have to have this to meet Trey in. And she was like, darling, we're not going to be able to get three of them. We have to have three because you have to follow the street. And I was like, I don't care. We have to call Canada. We have to call Europe. We have to find them. Wow. We have to find three of them. And then she was like, I don't know. And I was like, we have to. So, like, I started calling because I shopped at Prada so frequently that I knew all of the, like, you know, personal shoppers or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they helped me find three, which was awesome. And then I didn't, I don't think I got to wear a product top with it because Pat was like, we can't, we can't do it. I was like, <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so I at least got to wear the skirt, which I still own, which I occasionally pull out for super special occasions. Wow. Like when I did the, the, um, you know, uh, every outfit screened, yeah. uh, a couple episodes out here in LA. I wore it for them. Um, you know, I can't really wear Charlotte's clothes around town or whatever, but I do have a lot of them. Right, <laughs> that's I also great. Have some Miranda clothes. I, I do dress more like Miranda. Oh wow! But um, we, I can't. I the, just the Miranda clothes, no one can tell. But the Charlotte clothes, I can't really wear. Yeah, I just googled yeah. Prada lipstick stick shirt, and then and it auto filled Charlotte Kristen Davis when you put that in. <laughs> so, so, so she good with that. Know you well. Go- Google's Google on top of you. it. Yeah. Yeah, Google's on top of it. I love it. Then my other thing I would say would be anything Oscar de la Renta, which I was very lucky to get to wear a lot of at Charlotte. Mm. And one thing that I wore, it was to um to Stanford and um uh Willie uh Stanford is Willie, hold on, uh Mario's wedding. Mm. Um it was a big, huge like hand painted ball gown that took up like three closets that was Oscar de la Renta. That I really loved, just because it was big. Wow, <laughs> so fun and fun, and took like three people to carry it. Oh wait, I left out the black swan, Zach Posen's black oh, swan yeah. that I wore to Carrie's wedding. That wasn't yes. that was very special. That thing hurt though. That thing, that thing had a lot of bones in it, and they would like break out and poke me because they had oh to wear God. it for oh my so goodness. long. Oh, you talking That's about that true. dress? Oh, we suffered. We suffered. Oh, you talking what? about that dress of that scene oh, no, no, from no. the movie? No, we oh. gave that back. Oh no, no, no! Yeah, I'm we, just we, talking. We, about that scene in the movie, I'm just remembering you, like hugging, hugging Carrie, yeah. wearing that dress. Oh, I love it. These guys don't even know what they're. We in haven't for. seen the movie. Yeah. Seen the movie yeah. Oh, yeah. oh <laughs> my gosh! Seen it. No. Oh, wait till you get there. We're, we're, we're working so through. Good. Yeah. I know that's an iconic oh, so scene. Good. Oh my gosh! I forgot. Yeah. You know, there's some things coming. There's some things coming. You guys. Yeah. <laughs> when yep. we get when yep. we get yep. off there's the phone coming. with you, we're watching the season five finale. We've yep. never seen. Yeah. We've never seen it. So we're we're fantastic. Yeah. Um, love it. 
Love it, love it. I need to catch up. I had no idea you guys had watched Holiday in the Wild. I'm behind. I need to. I need to to, to do some more listening. Yeah, <laughs> no, we um, uh, yeah, we're we're excited to watch Gardeners of Eden too, and yeah, we're excited we to finish oh, the it's series. Very different. I can't wait to see what you say. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait. I we're hope excited. you love it. Listen, um, my kids, as I called them, did a great job. Oh, they're not that young, but I call them my kids. <laughs> <in> my <grocery. laughs> um, thank you. So 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 thank much. Thank you so Aww, much, Kristen. Thank you guys. This, this is, is an absolute treat. You're 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 an actress. You're uh, you're Charlotte York. You're Kristen. You're you're truly like an icon. We're we're fans of like <laughs> Seinfeld <laughs> and and everything you've done. Like following you thank on you. like mm-hmm. it's 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 more than Sex and City. It's like you're you're literally one of the most iconic actresses. Aww. Of, of television history is another way to put it. I've been incredibly lucky. Well, That's how I would put it. Um, and and as we're we're all performers, I do have to say, like some of the dramatic moments you've had, oh, like man. with the tray breakup and stuff, like truly, oh, yep. you you sh- shock us with how funny you can be, and then just like break your hearts. You're such an incredible Aww. actress, and yeah. thank thank you, thank you for. There's more of that. There's more of that coming for you. Oh, I can't. oh I very know. excited. I can't wait for this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, if well, you we, guys are awesome, and I can't thank you enough for what you're doing. I love it so much. Well, oh, thank you. Thank we're, you. We're, if we ever come back to LA, we'd love to watch an episode with you definitely. or sit down definitely. with you. Definitely, definitely. I just have to put on makeup for that. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. Okay. There's we that. we will too. We, we will, will too. too. We will too. <laughs> okay. Great. Kristen, great. thank you maybe so much. You can put on some shoes. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We'll do that, we'll do that as well. Okay. <laughs> All right, you guys have a great day. Thank you again for having me, and I love what you do. Keep it up. Thanks, Kristen. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you so much. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <sighs> wow. Wow. <laughs> well, we, freaking out. we just hung up. Kristen Davis, everybody. Kristen <laughs> Davis, everyone. Thank you, Jeremy. That was uh, that was pretty amazing. Yeah, right? that was incredible. Let's do a little compare and contrast of this experience versus SJP, because we had a little stress at the beginning. But then it was just like all all smooth sailing the whole interview. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like she told us when we got connected, she was like, oh, I'm up in the hills. And so like it could be a cell phone service thing. So there was your your little initial like stops and starts of like, we got to get the call working. But then I just kept. Well, we were as, just freaking out because she was like, you guys are cutting in and out. We're like, oh, oh I know. It's always <laughs> it's always the production stress of being like, oh, well, then we could. Uh, I know. Uh, I'm so sorry. But then once we kept going, like once we were going, she. It was amazing. She was just so kind. So kind. Talked about so many things. So many interesting things. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite thing she talked about, which it just was fascinating to me when she talked about that these men would come on, especially in the first few seasons, that would play the love interest and they would have one, two, three lines. And they just had no idea how to handle yeah. not being the lead yeah. and not being like the big macho man. They had no idea how to do that. And I just think what she said was so fascinating and interesting. Oh, she had so many great things to say. It, it, it was just, crazy like that. And then when she said the one guy came in and was like, I don't want to read these lines. And then the three of them were like, do you want to run lines with us? Like almost trying to kind of 
be nice and inclusive even more and say like, well, we can all read lines together. And then just being like, we were mean to that guy for the rest of the day. Cause he just, I love that. But not even as a, not even in like a gender role, sex and thing, but even just as someone showing up to get cast on a show, like that's your job. Right. Also. And especially if you're coming on a show to have a couple lines and the three, like four stars of the show ask you to read lines. Yeah. Read the lines with them. What was happening? You auditioned. Come on. You wanted to be here. That's why that guy is an unnamed random actor and (laughs) she's Kristen Davis. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's so interesting to imagine, um, back when, like she said, the show still like, I think would hold up today and like there still needs to be more shows like that. But it was interesting her just referring to them as the boyfriends. Cause you're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like girls are so used to just being on yeah. female actresses as like a conveyor belt of like the crazy one, the hot one, right. the dumb one. Yeah. The bl- and, and I don't know. That's like, that was the norm for this show. And so it must've been for some guys being like, Oh yeah. What the fuck? Right. Like, uh, uh, what do I do? And it's like, I don't know. Say your line, bro. Yeah. yeah. Be, like, be that person. Yeah. How hard is it to, how hard is it to say Kristen Davis is hot? How can you not get that line out? Kevin, you say it all the time. Yeah. It's, also <laughs> just, it's also just objectively true. Like, well, right. yeah. It is. That was, that is a crazy thing where As it was a method like, actor, of- I'd be able to handle that, Kristen. <laughs> uh, this guy's nailing this part very hard. <laughs> um, but no, that is interesting too, where he's like, I can't say this. And I was like, she's a beautiful actress. A beautiful woman, and who would say that? In that is front a very that is a. I can understand that if someone is saying like, ah, this isn't really how I talk. Like I normally don't go up and you know tell anyone, but but you're acting, you're acting. Yeah, I know. Well, the um, I just find it so amazing the new world that we live in that she just found us on Twitter, mm-hmm. and then yeah. scrolling through someone's fit. like it's one thing. It's like. And then find us on Instagram, and then we're just we're talk we talk to her for an hour. Not yeah. only that, but like we we like get get uh get seem to get along with her pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's I don't know. It's so cool because on one level she's Kristen Davis, and on the other level it was like oh yeah, we're just talking to a, a, another actress, another person like out there doing projects, trying to get a documentary made. Yeah, trying to uh, get Holiday in the Wild out there you know I like think it's yeah it's pretty crazy the to have also just to have the experience of saying like oh we've talked about your other projects now and also that we're just talking to her right then it's just crazy to be connected in that way it's it's, it's super interesting yeah um and then also it seemed like it seemed like out of i mean i assume it's out of politeness but then also it seemed like more than politeness both sjp and kristen davis like till we meet again yeah. yeah, I know. Hey. Like there's a very till we meet again energy. We all gonna have a final chat and chew together. All yeah. of us. Oh, man. And or you... maybe we'll all be at Sex in the City, the uh, musical, the musical yeah. right? Broadway. My, my greatest dream. Oh my I loved. I loved that she, she was so excited about that. Oh, I know. She just went with it and ran. Like her excitement, it was just so lovely. I oh, I wish. And I think there are so many fans out there that want that. Yeah. It's funny if we ever meet her in person. Um and do like an interview. We'll just have to be like the when she walks in. We'll just know like if she's into it or not. If she's wearing the the, the lipstick, lipstick skirt. skirt, yeah. We'll just be like yeah. that's like the sign. That's like yeah. We got to find one. Yeah, we're gonna buy a Prada yeah. lipstick skirt. It's also um maybe you're more aware of this, uh, Katie. But um 
the fashion element. It's one thing to be like, that looked cool. But I almost forget that I'm like, oh, she like loves Prada. Mm-hmm. Oscar de la Renta did that. This person, I, I just forget all those names or don't really think about the branding of it. If I like something on the show, I'm like, oh, I like that. But it's interesting once you talk to someone that knows the designers, knows the, right, the right. probably goes to the fashion show and is like, that's what I'm wearing. Like, that's just a world I'm so unfamiliar with. Well, and it was really interesting that right away she could rattle off those different looks that yeah. she had had in the designers and that she had that cool backstory about the skirt and that she actually could have that input as an actor to be like, I think this is the skirt that she has to be wearing when she meets Trey. Like, and mm-hmm. I love that like she then worked on that. I just thought that was very interesting. It's, there also seemed to be such a way more than we've even realized collaboration between Michael, Michael Patrick King and the actresses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of of yeah. her, because I thought she'd be like, you know, like we never really knew where it was going. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we definitely knew with Harry. Right. We like, um, and that that gets me so much more excited than people stumbling into it to know that it's like, oh, you puppet masters were knew where everything was headed. Yeah. Well, right. But I also loved that they did take a turn mm-hmm. and not let Charlotte be pregnant. Cause I think that's almost like a better storyline. Cause that's just so common for women, mm-hmm. you know, to be dealing with that, but then have friends all around them that are pregnant. Like that probably gave a lot of women out there that were going through that something to watch and to feel their feelings with. And I just think that's such a wonderful thing that they put that out there in the world. Yeah. Yeah, and able to adapt to what they should be writing or where the stories are going, have expectations for them, and then also being able to downshift and be like, you know what? That's not what we need right now. Yeah. But that's not what, what needs to happen or whatever. It's it's also pretty cool how she was saying him talking to Michael Patrick, talking to all of them, and then you see how that collaboration carries through in other places. Like Michael Patrick, he wrote on Murphy Brown mm-hmm. and then years later did Sex and the City and Candace Bergen is in Sex and the City. Uh, and so like right. his, that means his collaboration is like happening with, I mean, he wrote on Will and Grace and she was on Will and Grace uh, before Sex and the City. Kristen yeah. Davis was. So, That's it's, so funny. It's, it's interesting to just see that thread kind of continue through things and- also to know that she got asked to read for Carrie. Yeah. yeah and then I knew that and I'm so happy that we that she started to talk about that. Because yeah. it's one it's one thing to read it on IMDB that's like she originally read for Carrie. And it's like, oh, okay, I'm sure they all the, read for everything or whatever. But yeah, yeah. But to hear it that way. And to know uh what she said specifically, she's like to like be a doing a TV show walking around the streets of New York as like a young actress who was probably a waitress at one point. I don't know where she lived at the time, but for that to just be like, oh my gosh, this is like, this is the dream. Mm-hmm. Well, I you also know? love that she had was self-aware enough to know that she needed to mm-hmm. go in for Charlotte. Like, I think that's, that's like a really cool thing as an actor to be like, I think that this is way more me yeah. and to push for it. And I also love that she just kept never signing that contract. That's hilarious that but she I was just that- like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to sign the paperwork. You can gain a lot from that. That she just was like, no, I'm just going to kind of keep subtly putting mm-hmm. my foot down and fight for what I want. That yeah. makes, that's like kind of very Charlotte of her. I like yeah. that she also said, which I guess this is kind of Charlotte in a weird way. She was like, I kind of had in my gut that this was my role. And then I was like, yeah. oh, maybe it's not. And then she's like, oh, it is. It and is. I think it needs to be bigger. And I kind of feel like in a weird way that is kind of Charlotte because she always kind of wanted this thing. Mm-hmm. And then it went you know, all backwards with Trey. And then she kind of got just in a different way, what she wanted eventually. And she didn't handle it. She was very polite about like not signing the paperwork and just being like, oh, I I left it at home. Like that was very Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I liked it. 
Can't believe we're friends with Chris and Davis. It's so, it's, I it's, can't believe Chris and Davis and I joked about a musical together. I mean, my I like, college self could never have imagined this. <laughs> I think it's going to be pretty crazy when we actually do sit down with her backstage when we're all co-producers at Sex and the City on Broadway. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't That's going to be wild to do our next nuts. interview backstage there. Yeah. Oh, and, and it's like, I just want to make sure the theater that we get has decent dressing rooms for them. You know, that's what I'm most concerned <laughs> like about. We don't want them to have to go up three flights of stairs. Yeah, yeah. I'm scouting yeah. the Schubert on Monday, so we'll yeah. see. Dude, yeah. it's so funny that she didn't remember the the guy that just walked in and said that uh, said wow wow and then left. Yeah, you guys love that guy. Eric. His name's Eric. <laughs> I, I love that guy because that's like it's that wow. that is like partially that that is like substitute me for that person as we're talking. <laughs> we're just like, what is happening? What are we doing? We're just talking to Kristen Davis. This is crazy. Everybody's faces were like kind of red a little bit. I think everyone just looked really excited and everyone was smiling the entire time. Yeah. Yeah. It was just really, really special to see. She's so generous with her time and with her like with her stories and her thoughts. And and it's also um, to bring it back to us. No, but it's unbelievable to have a dumb idea like we did and then have people care so much about it like for her to be like not just be like oh that's cool i I hope you're having fun yeah move on but someone like her be like this is coming at the perfect time it's like yeah oh my gosh that's crazy (laughs) she she told us we're doing a good job yeah Yeah. pretty good that was pretty nice Uh, yeah well um thank you everybody hope you enjoyed this as as Mm -hmm. much as we did i don't know we're just we feel so blessed and Mm -hmm. so lucky we're like on on a roll with like some episodes that are just making our heart palpitate as we as we do it so wait so um, we'll just knock knock another off the list. We'll we'll text Big and text uh, yeah. Cynthia, text Kim, get get them on the line, and yeah. then line line up some phone calls. Get some st- right. get some Willie Garson. Get we'll, we'll, Willie Garson yeah. out there. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, please rate and review us on iTunes if you yes. haven't done that. That's a huge thing for us. Also, when you if you follow us, if you listen to us on Spotify, hit the follow button, and that'll give you new episodes. And, and uh, yeah, yeah, and check out our Patreon too for other fun episodes. Yeah, bonus episodes, more content, and uh, <laughs> and we're gonna be uh, reading questions from fans. We'll read your emails, do mm-hmm. all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah. So go to our Patreon. We'll have extra episodes for you. We'll see you online as well at the Bradshaw Boys. All Thank right. you so much, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 The Bradshaw Boys stars Corey Cavan, John Sieber, and Kevin James Doyle. The show is produced by Jeremy L. Balin. For more information on the guys, check out their website at bradshawboys.com, on social media at the Bradshaw Boys, and if you see them in the street, tip your glass. Thanks for listening.